And here we go. Hello everybody, FPL Teacher here, bringing you Newcastle's 1-0 win against Chelsea. We will look at what surprises Chelsea attempted to bring to the table given their list of injuries this time round, while establishing what Newcastle continue to do well despite having threats from the World Cup looming. We will also look at FPL potential for both teams as Newcastle continue to be hot property after the break. Newcastle, unavailable was Callum Wilson this particular match because of illness. So Chris Wood stood in and the formation looked largely the same with roles slightly reversed as Chris Wood usually was not the furthest forward, well, forward. <laughs> he dropped deep to allow the likes of Joel Linton and Miguel Almiron to take up spaces slightly deeper than Chelsea's back line here, simply because Chelsea afforded a lot of space either side of Jorginho. Now, compared to the freedom that Trippier usually had from on the right side, this time Chelsea wised up by attempting to put a specific wing back to track Trippier's runs. This meant that Almiron had a lot more freedom and at the same time, Runs from deep midfield were largely untracked by Chelsea's defensive midfield. Joe Willock was the instigator of chaos in the first half, where a lot of his runs, either down the left flank itself or all the way into central midfield, would create chances for Almiron in the 16th, Guimaraes in from range in the 35th, while having scoring the winner himself in the second half really was a testament to how he can influence games simply by running into blind alleys and having an underrated skill set really of being able to take on defenders 1v1. Now another dynamic that Newcastle exhibit extremely interestingly is that Joel Linton, usually a centre forward, well played as a centre forward despite starting out wide. Similarly, Miguel Amiron, traditionally a number 10, also started out wide meaning that when Chris Wood dropped deep, Joel Linton, number one, would fill in Chris Wood's space, occupying Chelsea's centre-backs. So it put Chelsea in an awkward situation where they had to choose between following Chris Wood into midfield or staying with Joel Linton, and that created a lot of space for Miguel Almiron to receive the ball. Now, if we were to assess Newcastle's FPL prospects moving forward, we really have to prioritise matchups. In this particular match, Chelsea's right side was more aggressive with Aspilicueta playing right back and eventually Pulisic was brought on as a right wing back which allowed Willock to thrive. So if we look at Newcastle's next three, they read Leicester, Leeds and Arsenal. Everyone does well against Leeds attacking-wise, so we are essentially using Leicester and Arsenal to split the bill. Now, with Leicester and Arsenal, both teams have their left side more aggressive in attack, which means that Newcastle's right should, in theory, thrive. And this lays the stage for Miguel Almiron, as well as Kieran Trippier to some extent, to thrive. Lastly, if you're looking beyond the mid-term or the short-term potential, Newcastle's fixtures also read Fulham, Crystal Palace, West Ham and Bournemouth, all sides that concede quite a lot of space on the flanks. So Miguel Almiron is potentially a long-term pick. 
utilizing his prowess on the flanks with his chemistry alongside Trippier as well. As for Joe Willock, well, he remains an ultra differential for now, but he probably has to go on a scoring streak building on this winner before we consider him as an alternative to Almiron's price. Chelsea, Graham Potter had plenty of problems with Sterling unavailable through a migraine, I believe, Kukurea ill, which set the stage for a relatively defensive debut for young Lewis Hall. On the right side, Aspilicueta continued to play on the right side as a right wing back initially, but considering how Thiago Silva was forced to come on due to an injury early on, we really saw Chelsea show a disjointed display, at least in defence, simply because Kovacic as Jorginho's defensive midfield partner simply could not cope dealing with the balance moving forward after being outnumbered by Newcastle's midfield three. A lot of tactics employed by the top six of the Premier League right now effectively puts themselves in a situation where they are 5v4 against opposition defences. In this particular case, Chelsea attempted to have their front five utilising Broja, flanked by Conor Gallagher as well as Mason Mount. Now, the two remaining players that bombed forward, number one came from Kovacic from deep midfield and at the same time using another wing back, essentially from the left side if the ball travelled up the right and vice versa. The reason Chelsea's output was so sporadic really has to give credit to the way Newcastle press aggressively, especially at home. Newcastle do not only use their forwards to aggressively press Chelsea's defenders, there is an element of aggression, especially on the halfway line that Newcastle have shown in recent weeks, where their central defenders can potentially push all the way to the flanks very effectively, drawing a very fine balance without fouling their opponents and at the same time winning the ball back to set up their fullbacks and their forwards immediately. There were essentially two moments where Chelsea could bypass the Newcastle aggressive pressure on both fronts where Aspilicueta played a beautiful ball directly to Mason Mount in, in midfield in the first half, while Pulisic's dribbling ability in the second half later also took him in rows to play in Kovacic and Gallagher later on. Now for FPL purposes, things get a little bit murky, number one because of the unavailability of certain World Cup committed players like Kovacic. At the same time, there are certain key players that are about to return from injuries such as Reese James, who potentially can be Brighton's biggest attacking asset given Potter's effectiveness using wingbacks. The good thing here is that Chelsea, at least their assets, can be put off for four game weeks simply because their easy games come away from home against Southampton and Everton while at home they do play Arsenal and Liverpool up next. So it is worthwhile to hold off Chelsea just for four matches in order to see how they fare and then we can pick them up, especially if you're really interested in Reese James for the run that reads Leicester, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, Fulham, Newcastle, West Ham, Leeds. Wow, that is a dream run that leads up to game week 27.
They say that momentum is a key factor in establishing results that highlights the potential of players that are doing well. So no matter what formation you put up, Newcastle really just continue to do well by allowing their players to have more freedom to exhibit more of their bag of tricks, so to speak, without being pressured into getting results because whatever they do, they seem to be doing well anyway. As for Chelsea, Potter will continue to chop and change, sometimes forced, sometimes not. But at this stage, it just remains to be seen who the talisman is because at Brighton, even though his talismans were relatively unknown, there were periods where certain players would shine as goal scorers and then there would be periods where you know certain forwards like Pascal Grob or McAllister or even Casado at some point will be the most influential player in the game and that has yet to be seen from Chelsea. This is FPL Teacher speaking, quickly reviewing Wolves Arsenal after this. <laughs> 